Wheeling Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Well, welcome to episode 305. Today we recap our best experiences from Air Venture 2023. Joining me today is Bill English. Hey, Bill, it's great to hear from you again. Hey, great to be back, back here, and... Uh... Well, I don't know about great to be back from Oshkosh, but great to have been to Oshkosh. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit more about Oshkosh and, and our experiences there. Uh, I tell people I finally made it to Oshkosh this year. Uh, unfortunately, I never made it to AirVenture. And it's, it's interesting when you talk to, to non-aviators about Oshkosh, uh, uh, it's a different uh, reaction than you talk to aviators about Oshkosh because I tell people I was just at Oshkosh and they're like, oh, how was Air Venture? I said, well, I didn't get to go, but I'm actually excited to hear uh, your story about uh, Air Venture and what happened there. It's a little bit different when there's an air show going on. Let's do the pre-flight. But before we get started, our sponsor this episode is aviatorsclinic.com, flight medicine for pilots by pilots. Use the coupon code aviatorsclinic to get a free scholarships guide. While you're a student preparing for a solo or a veteran crop duster, there's a goal is to get everybody into the air and keep them flying. Aviators Clinic understands how nerve-wracking doctor's exams can be. Their goal is to make the process as easy and painless as possible. Check them out at aviatorsclinic.com. They have two places, Naples and Pompano Beach, Florida. And then use that coupon code aviatorsclinic to get your free scholarships guide so maybe you can get a tailwheel rating or a glider rating. But uh, but they are uh, the ones that are giving away 50 scholarships guides. And to do that, just click on scholarships at stuckmycavcast.com. Let's move on to the cruise flight. Now entering cruise flight. Like we said, we're talking today about a recap of Air Venture, and uh, and we've seen all over the internet some really cool stuff out there. But I wanted to kind of go over uh, some of the unique experiences that the crew here at Stuck Mike has had at Air Venture. Uh, Brianna is not going to be joining us today, but she's going to give us an update on the next episode. Uh, they had a really cool time at Air Venture, but luckily we have uh, Bill English who did a lot of work beforehand and started preparing. But first, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience online. I will say one thing. I really enjoyed watching all you guys out there and gals just actually getting into the airplane flying and watching the videos that have been put out on, on social media. Social media has made life so much easier for those of us that ha don't get a chance to go to certain air shows in the air. Uh, people always ask me why I don't go to AirVenture. It's because it's just at a really bad time. Uh, the job that I'm in, uh, it gets really busy at that time, and that's kind of one of the reasons I don't go. But I do have a plan. Well, I said this last year. Boy, if I come up with this and say, I have a plan for making it next year, uh, I am I can't call in sick because that's the wrong thing to do, but I'm going to do everything in my power to make it to uh, Air Venture for next year. But the person that actually went there, that's part of the Stuck Mike Avcast, besides Brianna, is uh, Bill English. Bill, uh, you actually, from all that you've told me and you've texted me and the pictures you've sent to me, I think summarizing it, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, exactly. Oshkosh, well, Oshkosh for me this year was part of a bigger experience. Uh, we can go into that. Probably that's a whole other episode of its own, but 
I'll tell you how I got there real quick. Uh, but I don't know, this is probably maybe 10th or 12th time I've been to Oshkosh, and about half the time I fly in. This year uh, was a little bit different. We uh, flew in with a group of foreign pilots. Uh, so uh, Big Red Flight School has uh, done this in the past, um, but first time I was involved in it, we brought 10 airplanes and 30 uh, pilots or 30 participants, I think maybe two or three weren't actually pilots, um, mostly Israeli pilots and Dutch pilots who come over and they use our airplanes and some of our instructors and go on what's called a flying safari and uh, lots to talk about there. But we went from Northern Virginia, we started at Manassas, Virginia, went to Dayton, did, visited the air show, the Air Force Museum at Dayton that weekend went to Oshkosh, spent uh, four days there at Oshkosh, and then continued on to uh, Mackinac Island, Niagara Falls, New York City. Um, and if you guys have been watching the stories about Oshkosh, uh, with all the weather that moved through, uh, some of the airplanes didn't quite go to all the spots, and they visited other parts of the country. So we had quite a safari, but that's another story. But we got, we got together, and we got 10 airplanes. Everybody made it to Oshkosh pretty much all at the same time, and 30 people all flew in together. Uh, so that was pretty spectacular. So after you flew in, where did everybody stay? So we uh, this year, uh, we stayed in the, the safari group, rented uh, dorm rooms. A number of the small colleges around Oshkosh do this. They, uh, uh, you know, it's summer season for them, so the, the kids aren't in session. Uh, so uh, you can rent dorm rooms, and that's what we did. We were at a uh, some college. I don't. I, I can look up the name of it. But uh, you know, they ran out the dorm room, so we stayed down there. We got some vans, so we shuttled back and forth. So we were on the grounds all day, but slept uh, off field. Um, ways to ways to stay over at Oshkosh. That's a big thing, right? People who go to Oshkosh. What do you do? What um, I think this year was record-setting attendance. Um, if I'm recalling right, six hundred and seventy-seven thousand people they estimated attended. So you know, Oshkosh is. Uh, a relatively small city, and then it's hit with the uh, basically the population of Boston all shows up for a week. So uh, where do you stay when you go to Oshkosh? Um, dorms are one way that a lot of people do stay. Hotel, There are hotels, but they fill up fast. If you want to stay at a hotel anywhere within you know probably 90 minutes driving of Oshkosh, you better book a year or more in advance uh, you know, to get actual hotel room. And what a lot of people do is camp. Um, I've done that. Uh, you can camp under your airplane. That's fabulous. That's a great, great way to, you know, to enjoy the experience. Um, you know, we, you and I were down there at Sun and Fun. I camped down there and we came in uh, a few months ago. But Oshkosh camping is great. Acres and acres of room to camp under your airplane. And uh, people drive in uh, in just cars or RVs and camp, uh, camp out there, which then that makes the experience 24-hour experience. You're there from, you know, sun up to sundown and, and well, well beyond sundown. So that, that camping experience sounds really cool because you're there all the time. Um, do they have like different hookups? I know when I was there, the, I was there when there was no campers there. And it was a sea of rolling little hills, not not too big hills, but it was amazing to see all these different spots where people could park. It's probably the biggest campground I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's uh, what they call is Camp Schaller is the... The campground for not airplanes, so cars, uh, RVs, uh, etc. So ground vehicles basically go to Camp Schaller, and uh, and I, I think there's other little um, annexes to it. In fact, this year, 
Uh, again, record-setting numbers. Um, what I had heard from one of the people at uh, the EAA Media is that they were frantically mowing extra areas to expand Camp Schaller at the last minute. There were so many people um, that came in there. So that's, I mean, there's people I know, they go to Oshkosh, it's, they go camping and there happens to be an air show there. You know, you know it, 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 it's almost the experience more than, than the air show itself. And the camping sites, I mean, they have everything, you know, from a basic site all the way up to the electricity and water from, from what I could tell. And if you and you can find information on their website. There is a big difference, though, by the way, on the pricing. And it's uh, and I'm looking on the website now. It's like 84 a day for full hookups, 34 for a regular uh, campsite. Uh, but it, it just that looks like a blast just being able to sit there and, and enjoy the show. It really uh, is from your own uh, from your own camper or from underneath your wing. And I know you like to camp a lot. Hey, what what about all those? You know, as far as camping is concerned, for the first timers, how about like uh, placing in wash up bathrooms, things like that? Oh yeah, it's great. So uh, again, like this year, I didn't camp. We were at the dorms. Um, but I got to tell you, actually, <laughs> I think sometimes the facilities for camping are better. Last year, we uh, we flew in, camped up on the North Forty, uh, so north of Runway Nine Two Seven. Um, it's beautiful grass up there. Setting up your tent, you know, you don't you don't need a pad or anything like that. It's real nice. Um, EAA is great about they've got uh, hot shower facilities all over the place, um, and it's just it's an easy walk to pretty much anything you want. They have those little uh, they call them the Red One stores, a Red Market, something like that. That you know you can walk to and get a hot coffee if you don't have that stuff with you in your campsite. Um, and there's some folks that get real elaborate, even with airplane camping, you know, bring stoves and cooking. My, my neighbor last year on the North 40, uh, you know, kitty corner behind us, these guys had this, this little stove and everything, and they were making uh, egg bagels every morning, and they made more than they could eat. So my friend and I just, we said, hey, how you doing, guys? Here's some, trade you some coffee for some egg bagels, and we were all set. Sounds like a cool experience. I mean, uh, not only swapping, uh, you know, stories about airplanes, but also um, breakfast items. Uh, there. Oh, and by the way, if you're looking into any of the, this stuff online while you're listening to us, eaa.org/airventure, you can find out all this information about the uh, the campsites that we were just talking about. Yeah, that it, it's um, a great experience there. So now, going back to what you said about the safari, we'll go into that in a, a whole other episode. But you said you flew into Oshkosh. Um, as far as flying into Oshkosh, is uh, is there much to do beforehand? There sure is. So flying into Oshkosh is a unique experience. Um, they, you know, upwards of ten thousand airplanes fly in, and and they they tend to compress in certain um, popular times to fly in. The weekend prior to the air show is, um, you know, they say that the Oshkosh has the busiest uh, tower in the world. It's the busiest airport in the world, and it sure is. So uh, EAA and the FAA get together and they put out, uh, there's a notice that comes out a month or two prior to the air show that shows what you're supposed to do. Um, There's a special arrival procedure that starts, uh, I don't know, 20, 20, 30 miles or so southwest of Oshkosh. And you can go online and read this. We could do a whole episode and lots of other people have talked about it, but there's a whole special arrival procedure. The FAA opens up. Uh, special uh, approach control, ATC facility, so to speak, to handle it all. They call it FISC approach. Um, do a lot of special things where you don't talk. You know, you just respond. They look at you and they say, you know, blue Cessna over FISC, rock your wings, that sort of thing. You don't talk. You just rock your wings and go where they tell you, um, you know, to handle all of these uh, people. This year, uh, for those who are familiar with the arrival, you're spaced out. Normal is you space out behind other people by about a half a mile. Uh, the day we came in was Monday, 
and the Canadian wildfire haze was in was had rolled in. The visibility was terrible. Uh, we came up from outside of Chicago uh, Monday morning, and the visibility was awful. And because of that, and then just the volume, uh, the arrivals were spaced out by two miles in trail. And I'll tell you, in those conditions, I don't know if folks who have in the northern tier of the country who've flown in that Canadian wildfire haze, you can't see an airplane two miles away. It was nuts. And, you know, there were the inevitable. It happens. People that don't get the word on the spacing, they don't listen to the ATIS, they don't really read up on the NOTAM, and they see a line of airplanes. Oh, look at that, a two-mile hole. I'll jump right in there. Well, that messes that all up for everybody, and then the, the controllers are scrambling to fix that little problem. So it was, it was uh, a lot of work, um, but uh, for our group, uh, we mostly stuck all together. Uh, we tried. We were going to try to do it all as not really a mass arrival or a formation, but try to be all in line, 10 airplanes. But with the, ten, the two miles in trail, that just wasn't going to work. So we just said, well, we'll just fit in where we can fit in and do it like individual. And we mostly got in uh, pretty much all at the same time. Uh, one airplane got sent to the North 40. Everybody else, we went to the South. And we had one airplane of the group that was vintage. So he said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to score me a nice vintage parking spot. So I ended up there. Um, but uh, it worked out pretty good. The, the least the time that we went in, there was no, uh, no holding or major delays. Uh, so we did work it out. Um, again, that's a whole episode in itself on how to arrive at Oshkosh. But uh, this year with that Canadian smoke, that made it uh, very, uh, very crazy. So. Absolutely. You know, you talked about something, and, and it's called Rock Your Wings. We were at the store over there at the museum, and someone said, well, what, what does that mean? And I said, well, if you if you don't know, you haven't been to Oshkosh or some of these air shows. So uh, it's a cool cool little uh, thing that you can buy there. It says Rock Your Wings. That's what, you, that's what you want to hear from the controllers. You want to hear them say, good rock, good rock. You know, as far as the attendance is concerned, anybody come out with the numbers yet? Did you, did uh, you see anything? A little while ago, I looked. I wanted to uh, – don't quote me on this. I, I'm sure EAA has – posted something up, but I, they said something like 677,000 attendees and well over 10,000 airplanes. Oh, wow. So I think a record-setting year. And, and I know from parking, we were parked on the South 40 almost to the perimeter fence. I've never seen airplanes that far south before. Wow. Uh-oh. And that's good to hear. That's absolutely awesome to it, hear. It was not so great on Thursday trying to get out. It was <laughs> massive uh, amount of airplanes trying to, trying to leave on Thursday, but um, they handled it. They, they did a great job. So when you're there, you fly in, you park, and you and you camp. Um, it some people say it's a bit overwhelming. You almost have to plan what you're you're going to do. But what what exactly do they have there uh, for people that are both you know aviation enthusiasts and even for those that are not? Maybe they're just bringing their kids and their family. Yeah, I, honestly, I have no idea if you weren't an aviation enthusiast what you would do. I don't know because I am. <laughs> So I don't know. I guess I don't, you could go to the cooking demo. I mean, they have cooking demonstrations. Uh, oh, come they have on, massage no. chairs. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's some kids. I, if you go over near the museum, there's some kids stuff there. But I mean, I don't know. I'm an airplane hippie, right? I geek out on the airplanes. So I'm sure there's plenty for non-airplane people. But if you're an airplane people, uh, the answer is what is there not to do? Um, the, uh, there's You do have to plan out everything you want to do. Um, kind of think about... Most of the time when I, when I you know, bring somebody new to one of these big shows, I advise them, day one is just recon day. Just you know, walk around, see what, the, what it is you think you want to do, because it takes a half a day to get from one end to the other. 
you got the different areas of all different kinds of airplanes, you know, everything from warbirds, you've got vintage, you've got different types that are all gathered together. There's uh, seaplanes at Oshkosh, and don't forget the seaplane base, which is close by, but not right there. You've got um, the Boeing Plaza, uh, the former Aeroshell Square, where they put all the big heavy stuff. The you know the, the this year they had all kinds of huge things in there. There were you know airliners that NASA had the Guppy that was one of the attractions this year. The the only flying Lockheed Constellation that was in there. So you can you know in Boeing Plaza you see that kind of stuff and lots of military hardware there. Warbirds goes on forever. Um, home builts, uh, kit built airplanes, another airplane uh, area that goes on forever. That's just the areas of airplanes that are parked. Then you've got four gigantic hangars full of vendors and then all kinds of vendor booths around. You're interested in buying an airplane? All the manufacturers are there. Building an airplane? Everybody that build, builds just about every part and, and tool and everything you need, they're there. Training? They're all there. And then all the forums, seminars, uh, workshops. You can go to hands-on workshops to learn how to build something. You can go to training seminars. Uh, EAA makes a great app for Oshkosh, so you can look through schedules and kind of build yourself a calendar. Um, You'll realize very quickly that you'll see one seminar that you want to go to, and that's great. It's at this amount of time, and then the very next one that you want to see is on the other side of the airport. And it will take you an hour to get there, something like that. So doing recon is important, maybe before this show. And that's, uh, that's something I think that's important with most of these air shows that are really big. I know last air show that I went to, I didn't even get to the place that I wanted to see. Uh, and that's called poor planning. And I think it's also prioritization because I know that your head could explode if you want to try to get all the things done that you think you can get done. Uh, and that's the advice I've heard from so many people at, at Oshkosh. It's just so big or air venture. Um, so, and, and going back to what you said about all these different like little workshops and things like that. Um, so do you have to sign up for those like online and, and do they hold them primarily indoors, outdoors? What's it look like? Um, depends. Most, um, so they have um, some seminars are, are indoors. At, uh, they have the new Pilot Proficiency Center over near the museum. So indoor classroom type of things with air conditioning. So you got that. Um, a lot of the forums and workshops are sort of semi-outdoors, um, covered building but open, you know, open walls. Um, a lot of the hands-on stuff is done in that. Um, a couple of friends and I, uh, we're, we're going to be working on a reskinning an antique airplane up here and... So we uh, went to a fabric covering workshop, got some hands-on training on how to do that kind of stuff. So that was in this, uh, you know, covered but outdoor uh, kind of area. Um, uh, There's a few that you have to sign up for, but most of them are first come, first serve. And you just show up and um, you'll see all kinds of great stuff. There's, uh, I know a couple of my uh, folks from Big Red Flight School went to an engine teardown workshop uh, uh, hosted by Lycoming. Those you have to sign up for. Um, they have limited space, and but they run them all week long. You'll get a spot. Just uh, pick your time. Yeah, I like that idea that you had about the app or the that they have to download. Uh, great suggestion there because uh, if you really want to go to the things that you want to go to, just uh, click on there and schedule it, and it'll give you a reminder. I think that's how it's still working, but because uh, I kind of was playing around with it before I, I was going to 
you know, show up, but I wasn't able to do it. But uh, those are the kind of things I do last minute. The Oshkosh, uh, for someone that's going last minute, uh, I don't think that's the best thing to do. And just from my experience, trying to find a hotel room within a hundred miles, trying to find a rental car within the, in the in within a hundred mile radius was incredibly difficult. Uh, so that's something I, I definitely would suggest doing in advance. Yeah, you know, going back to what you said about the forums and, and all those things. Yeah, you talked about the teardown uh, and saying you know what's there for people that aren't into airplanes. I tell you what's there for people that aren't into airplanes. It's actually the air show. And that's going to sound strange, but I feel that air shows appeal to everybody because it's amazing the senses that actually are involved, sight, sound, feeling, when you're watching an air show with these amazing aircraft roaring overhead, doing some incredible dancing throughout the sky. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, what kind of planes were there doing the shows and and what type of air shows did they actually do at Oshkosh? I mean, air, so... Yeah, air, that's interesting because people talk about the air show, and there's the air show, the daily air show, but really there's kind of an air show all day long because you've got all kinds of things going on. So um, the uh, every afternoon from Monday through, I think Sunday, um, definitely through Saturday, um, at about 2.30ish or so in the afternoon is the official air show. They They close the airport, and... The scheduled performers come on, and they can be everything from aerobatic champions, you know, people like Sean D. Tucker and Mike Goulian and, and Skip Stewart and that, those kind of guys doing the, uh, you know, the uh, high, high intensity aerobatic um, routines. You've got uh, warbirds that come up. Sometimes it's a, you know, particular themed show or sometimes just showing off a particular type that's there. Uh, you know, we had a P-47 here this year. Pretty rare to see one of those flying. Um, number of other, um, you know, warbirds will come out during the afternoon air show. So it's, that's different pretty much every day. Um, there's almost always some modern military hardware as well. You know, we saw F-35s, F-22. Uh, one day, um, a U-2 came by, did a, a couple of low-pass low flybys of a U-2. Pretty rare to see something like that. Um, and so that's the official air show in the afternoon. Um, on Wednesday night and Saturday night, they run the night air show, which is... Entirely different experience. A lot of lighted aircraft, um, things like the Aeroshell T6s uh, light up the, you know, their formation aerobatics, um, even gliders with uh, fireworks and lights on them, and uh, a number of different airplanes doing uh, firework-type lighted uh, aerobatic routines at night. And then that's uh, finalized off with a fireworks show. Um, this year, I, I was there Wednesday. We left on Thursday, so I didn't see the Saturday night show, but... Sometimes they do a drone light show at night, but they didn't do that this year on Wednesday. I'm not sure if the weather didn't cooperate or they just weren't going to do it. Um, but uh, those are your official air shows. And then during the day, um, it's it's pretty much like an air show all the time because of all the aircraft that are arriving and, and leaving, you'll see some pretty spectacular aircraft there. Um, aircraft will be flying by doing showcases, you know, sometimes a... You know, manufacturers, somebody will just have some kind of nice airplane that they just do flybys during the day. Um, and then over at the ultralight field, um, it's just basically a constant pattern of ultralights and uh, stole airplanes. And on the nights they don't do the night air show, they have the Twilight Fest. Um, part of that is one of the great secrets of Oshkosh, which is it's not much of a secret, really. Uh, they don't really advertise it, but starting after the official air show, and before sunset, um, 
the Twilight Fun Fest starts over at the Ultralight Fields. And that's where you see things like, well, the big draw is the Stoll demos. So the bush planes right, with the big tires doing the incredibly short takeoff and landing. Um, they don't have an official competition at Oshkosh, but they do the demos of what these guys do with the Stoll competitions. And that that is absolutely amazing if you haven't seen that. It's so much fun. And there's all kinds of other crazy things that goes on over there, too. This year they had uh, people with jetpacks, flying around jetpacks. Um, ultralight, you know, backpack, fan, parachute, something. I don't even know what they're called. But they basically just fire up what looks like a lawnmower engine with a big fan on their back and a parachute, and they run and then fly around. Uh, just, it's, it's amazing. And just people, and it's hardly advertised at all. And it's jammed. It's fun. There's food and vendors over there at the ultralight field. It's a blast. You know, watching those planes uh, up above us is amazing. But you know, another thing too is really cool is the restoration. I mean, some of these people do amazing restorations. Did you get to see any of that? Because that's one of my favorite things is to see people actually restore aircraft and show them at, at Oshkosh. And I'm sure there's got to be a place you can go take a look at these. Oh, there sure are. I mean, vintage is uh, is ground zero for that. So the vintage area, which uh, pretty much uh, just to the south of Boeing Plaza, um, is where you know aircraft from the golden age are uh, parked. So you'll see uh, dozens and dozens of those there, and the uh, and the vintage hangar. They uh, they constantly running workshops in there on exactly how to do just that restorations um, and uh, you know or replicas of you know a lot of the golden age twenties and thirties aircraft. And there's uh, dozens and dozens of there. You know, good good friend of mine did bring one in from nineteen forties and. Uh, it's a great time over there. So all these air shows, and there's all these different mini air shows that are within the air show, and then there's all these different mini events. But what I'd love to know is, and I always ask people this, what was your favorite part about Oshkosh, or what is your favorite part about Oshkosh and AirVenture? So this year was great because um, I, normally I would say going back and seeing a lot of uh, you know people that you only see at Oshkosh, that, that's, that's always the... Um, the great time is getting back together with, uh, you know, I mean, I saw a lot, a lot of people from the old job there too, which is kind of cool. And, uh, you know, just people that you see, um, different, uh, events and everything and, um, get togethers that are there every year. But this year was great because I got to bring a lot of people there that had never been before. Some that really only had a glimmer of a thought of what Oshkosh was. So, for me, this year, the best part was introducing it to a bunch of new people. Absolutely. And, and possibly, introducing it to aviation to new people too i mean that's another cool thing is people uh, actually come to these shows and they get really excited about aviation uh, just through being uh, around other pilots it really you know it's infectious i mean it's amazing how how passionate we all are about about flying other things though that people ask is uh you know d I'm sure there's cool things that you can buy that can only get at Oshkosh. Uh, you know, guys wait till, and I do the same thing, get their oil for their airplane. Not that I have an airplane right now, or if I'm looking for headsets. Um, I am sure there's got to be, I mean, I don't know if you can estimate, there's got to be a whole bunch of vendors out there for selling stuff. Oh, I, I you could spend, you could spend, ha I, I, I did a quick run through the hangars. That was basically it. It took a half a day. You could spend an entire day just going back and forth through the vendor hangars and where all their booths and tents are of stuff you can buy I, I you could easily spend two days if you wanted to be careful with that and you could spend a lot of money yeah absolutely on on that swag food i mean how about food i mean that uh, um you know that's kind of an uh, 
one of the things I think is a challenge at some of these air shows, opportunities to get uh, food and healthy food too. You know, honestly, there was it wasn't for healthy food. There's a lot of options there. I, I'm, you know, if you're on a real strict diet, an air show. Come on, let's get real. It's not, you know, if you just started on your, you know, keto, gluten free, this or that, yeah, and then heading to Oshkosh, yeah, you're going to the home of cheese curds. So. You know, uh, this is not uh, the time to start your diet, but it's not too bad. You could probably uh, deal with it okay. But I would I would recommend if you're trying to slim down, the cheese curds are probably not your first stop. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's actually some pretty good stuff there. Well, also, there's another thing, too. Oh, yeah. And, and that sound is of something that you can, I think, only get... In Oshkosh, and it's uh, actually, I, I should say in, in Wisconsin, it's, uh, it's this incredible beer that they have up there. And uh, it's, it's just, just wonderful. It's, uh, the new, it's called Spotted Cow. Spotted Cow is, anybody that knows me knows that if they go to Oshkosh and they want to do something really wonderful is bring me back a Spotted Cow, which is actually what I'm having right now. And you just heard me open that uh, because it reminds me of my time at Oshkosh and reminds me of my friends there. And that's actually one of the ways I wanted to kind of to sum up and 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 kind of close out the show is by opening up one of these spotted cows and saying, you know what, one of these days I'm going to do that when I'm up in Oshkosh with you guys. I'm going to buy some spotted cow and we're all going to have one. It's a promise, Bill. We're going to do it together. Yeah, wash down the cheese curds with some spotted cow. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's health food too. It's all natural ingredients. The spotted cow. Uh, and if you get a can- chance and you're a big beer drinker like I am, just uh, go try it out. It's a, it's a wonderful beer. Uh, but but with all that said, anything else? I mean, I know we wanted to just do this as a quick recap uh, of Oshkosh and of Air Adventure. I know we try to call it Air Adventure again, going back to the fact that Oshkosh is a town, but it really does change things there. Um, anything that you you would say overall uh, was you know, the, your favorite, favorite thing about Oshkosh? Um, no, I, I, I mean, I, I think that was it this year. Certainly the, that my favorite thing was that I did get to bring, bring some new people there, introduce them to aviation, see those, see those, you know, smiles and just that, wow, this is just amazing when you see just how big that is. And, and, you know, maybe that's what, that's a big takeaway too, is, you know, um, aviation sometimes, you know, we go in cycles and there's times when, aviation in general is maybe not as popular or under attack or we think it's fading away and you go to somewhere like Oshkosh and it just rejuvenates you and says no this this is great anybody anybody that just sees this uh, knows uh, like you said can be infected with the bug well Bill this this is awesome thanks for doing this and coming by doing this recap for us I think this has been great uh, and for those of you that haven't been to Oshkosh uh, or Air Venture I should say I've been to Oshkosh but not Air Venture uh, I would highly recommend uh, trying as hard as you can to get up there because I am just so excited hearing all the different stories uh, Bill we're going to hear again uh, next year about how Oshkosh was for you and maybe we'll do some recordings on deck there uh, we're planning on next year having the crew from Stuck Mike Avcast uh, do some recordings there and also by the way next air show for us uh bill might be at triple tree doing some recording possibly i might be up there but also we're definitely gonna be at sun and fun uh start preparing for that we're actually gonna have a booth at sun and fun and we're gonna have some of the crew from the stuck mike avcast and also aviation careers podcast uh but let's move on to the after landing checklist well, in the afternoon checklist, of course, we have our pick of the week. Uh, so one of the things that uh, I think is really important is to kind of get that sense of 
Oshkosh and what's out there and what you can do there. There are so much out there that you can find on the internet. One thing that I have really fallen in love with is YouTube. And don't get me wrong, I love these audio podcasts, but YouTube really is uh, one of those things that kind of makes me happy when I get to watch uh, some cool videos with flying and also some narration in there. So go look up Air Venture 2023. But one of the videos that I really enjoyed is it, it, it just made me really smile. And I don't, I'm not sure why I understand why I like this so much. I think it's just because of the fact that it gives me the feeling of the end of an air show and what it's like the day after. And that's one that was produced by EAA. It's when air adventure ends, but you can't let go yet. And it was just absolutely terrific how they did this. It's a cute little video. You got to watch it. It's on YouTube. I have a link to it. When air adventure ends, but you can't let it go. A uh, little tribute to what happens after the air show. A lot of times when we're more participants of the air show, we kind of go away. We don't realize there's so much more that's done afterwards. And uh, and it's almost like it's you're parting with your friends and you're not going to see them for a whole nother year. Uh, and it kind of talks towards that. So go check out that video. Bill, what is your pick of the week? Well, um, since you... You can't get away. Let's go to the next one. And you mentioned it coming up in September, third week of September in South Carolina. Uh, the Triple Tree Fly-In, uh, Triple Tree, South Carolina, over near uh, Greer. Um, it's a little slice of Oshkosh on a grass field. Um, Good-sized fly-in, camping. I guess it started out as a radio control RC uh, fly-in, but it's migrated up to uh, you know, full-size airplanes now over the last few years. Um, We'll be down there checking that out. Lots of workshops uh, and, and seminars just like at Oshkosh and lots of uh, fun and camaraderie and airplanes and camping. i uh, got a link in the show notes. Some wonderful people that are there. Uh, the staff there are absolutely terrific. You probably know their executive director from uh, Sun and Fun, and that's Rob Williams. Uh, if you've been to Sun and Fun in the past, he puts on a wonderful show, and uh, and he's doing a great job with, with Triple Tree and growing Triple Tree. Uh, and it's just it's from what everybody's told me. It's just a wonderful event. Just like you were saying, that's uh, kind of like it was started off with you know radio controlled and for for young young people, but uh, it's grown into a place that we all uh, remember our friends from from being there for so many years. So go check that out uh, at Triple Tree. It's going to be in the show notes. Uh, Triple Tree Arrow, and uh, it's just something I think everybody should go try at some point. Really cool. It's really grassroots flying. Well, Bill, again, thanks so much for doing this and coming in. Give us a quick, uh, uh, you know, review of Oshkosh uh, and also your air venture experience. And hopefully this has inspired you, the listener, to actually go out there and maybe next year plan a trip to Oshkosh. And if you can't make it, make sure you listen to the Stuck Mike Gavcast and also Aviation Curves podcast, our sister podcast, because we're actually going to be there with people on the ground doing some recordings at the next uh, Oshkosh. Also, don't forget to visit our sponsor this episode, aviatorsclinic.com. It's flight medicine for pilots by pilots. And you can use the coupon code aviatorsclinic to get a free scholarships guide. Maybe you want to get one of those uh, seaplane ratings. You want to get your tailwheel endorsement, a glider rating. Well, there's a, they are out there in that scholarships guide. And uh, they have some locations, Aviators Clinic, both in Pompano Beach and also in Naples, Florida. And they're giving away 50 scholarships guides. Uh, aviatorsclinic.com. 
Go check it out. If you want to look up those scholarships, go to stuckmygavcash.com, click on scholarships, use that coupon code. We really do appreciate what they do there. If you're looking to sponsor uh, this podcast or you want to help support, we are coming back with some of those swag. And I know people have been asking about the shirts that we have, like Got Stuck, etc. That will be out there on the internet shortly. We're opening up the new swag store. All the proceeds from that go towards giving away scholarships and helping people move forward in their flying life. And that's what I want you to do. When you actually take away from this, do do not just stop this podcast. Go out to the show notes and, and do something aviation-oriented. You know, put that, that love of aviation forward to your friend, friends, your relatives, and bring someone out to the airport. Introduce them to flying. But most importantly, get out there, go fly, and have fun. Fly safe. We'll talk to you next episode. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.